into the contest. It's Monday the 26th of April. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And in breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, in breaking news, boys and girls, Shane has sustained an injury. And uh, look, this is heavy news to start the podcast today. Shane, please tell us all about what's happened. Well, I thought I was, I was trying to be good, Timmy. I've been back doing a little bit of training in the gym, and mm. my daughter Zara is starting high school this year. She's got her first athletics carnival, so I thought I'd do some sprints with her. And um, let's just say I just I limped down to the studio this morning. I've, I've done the bottom of my car. I don't know what I've done, but oh, oh no, Voltar and a ten paces. I know. The age, the aging bodies. Well, if this is going to make you feel any better, I get injured just putting my pants on in the morning, and it's <laughs> you know rotator cuffs and ACLs are all in danger. But uh, we have a, a great deal to talk about today. Corey McKernan, AFL, Collingwood, what's happening there? And Jaslyn Hewitt is with us with Ash Barty winning in Stuttgart. Shane, I know you're a Dragons man. Look, a great tradition at the SCG, uh, the Dragons and Roosters on Anzac Day. I was out there and, uh, look, it really is just an amazing atmosphere. Soured yesterday by this hit by Jordan Pereira on James Tedesco, the number one player in the game. It did not look good. Didn't look good, did it? It was ugly. It was um, it was a, almost a punch to the face, mate. And uh, I think Jordan's going to be spending a little bit of time on the sidelines after that. And not just because uh, he hit James Tedesco. It was just the fashion that he went about that tackle in there. Yeah, but it, look, a really, really great win by by the Roosters. I hate to say that, 34 to 10. And, um, and Sam Walker, this kid, the Roosters' young halfback, he is going to be a superstar. Um, he, he tends to stand up in big moments at, at such a young age. Really, really uh, bodes well for him being a, a really good representative player as well, I think. Yeah, he started with a bit of a wobble, but then was brilliant. He got the Anzac mm. medal, Sam Walker, and Verrill's back at hooker for the Roosters. That did look good. But uh, if you're a Dragons fan, I wouldn't be writing them off just yet. They've got the Tigers next week, and things did change for them when that happened with Pereira and the Ravalawa shoulder charge. So anyway, we'll have to wait to next weekend to see what happens there. But uh, what about the IPL? The surge in COVID cases in India is like we've seen nowhere else in the world. Um 360, 370,000 cases a day, and the IPL continues on. Yep, and it's a real worry. It's my brother Brett's over there, and um, he's, mm. he's in a real tight bubble. Um, for people that don't know, he's pretty much going to and from the ground in, in almost like hazmat suits, um, which is really, really scary when, you, when your brother's over there. But, uh, yeah, something like uh, 365,000 new cases yesterday with about 500,000 tests. So, you know, it's more than one in two now, people that have got it, and... Uh, the IPL is, is charging on. The, they've got a three-way tie at the moment at the top of the table with the Mumbai Indians, Chennai Super Kings and Delhi um, Capitals all on 18 points. But, um, yeah, it's really scary what's going on out in the streets in India. Yeah, it does make you wonder how long they can go for with the IPL while this is happening mm. at the same time. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have a chat with Brett over the next week or so. Uh, yeah, big uh, thoughts for people in India right at the moment. But coming up on Afternoon Sport, a huge weekend in AFL. Corey McKernan is here. Let's talk AFL. What a weekend. Corey McKernan, two-time Premiership player with North Melbourne. Are Melbourne Demons fans daring to dream? Six games in a row that they've won. First time since 1965. They haven't won the flags in 64. Yeah, you know what? I reckon for the first time ever, I think the Melbourne fans have actually got 
genuine optimism to they can really give this thing a real shake. I think the biggest game changer for me, well, number one, I think we mentioned it on the on the show where we said, well, they had to go and beat someone of meaning and playing the reigning premier, MCG, massive crowd. But the the, the thing that I noticed is their their ability where they're they're actually taking the game on. And that's that's that you know, I mean that that boldness and that brashness that you want to see and a little bit of arrogance and a bit of swagger. Um Look, it's it's fantastic for Melbourne fans. Like when you when you got teams that haven't had success like they have, it's uh, I think they're a long way overdue. Look, I agree, and a great win. Yeah, eighty two to forty eight. They really um, really just worked, I suppose, Richmond out of the game. And you got young guys like this Kasai Pickett pointing at the scoreboard, sledging it. Um, there's some confidence there. Yeah, I think we've got to temper that a little bit. I think mm. the Tigers fans can probably hold up their fingers and say they've won three of the last four <laughs> flags. But look, I, I don't. I think it's a fine line, as you know, mate, that, um, yeah, you like a bit of swagger, but I think you want to make sure that, hey, you want to start getting some runs on the board first. But to get a significant scalp like Richmond at the MCG, like I said, I I just – I just love the way that a couple of passages of play where they just really put the ball under their arm and and really run and – it's, it was an exciting brand of football to watch that I haven't seen Melbourne play for many, many years or a long, long time. So it's um, it's a long, long time since uh, there have been six zip. We weren't around in 1965. I think the Beatles were number one, and <laughs> it's a long, long time ago. Yeah, we were still talking in pounds back in 64. But, uh, yeah, let's watch this space with interest because, uh, yeah, the Melbourne Demons playing wonderfully well. Look, MCG yesterday, it's a great tradition, isn't it? Anzac Day tradition, Essendon and Collingwood, over 80,000 with all the the garbage that went on over the past year and a half around sport and no people, no crowds. It was quite a day. It is. uh, There is, for people that haven't gone, and I don't know whether you boys have ever had the opportunity, um, I I know other codes have actually done it, but there is no one that actually does it better. Anzac Day, MCG, outside the grand final, I think it's it's the best game of the year, and the and the job that Collingwood and Essendon did many many years ago. I think it started in 1995. The job that they've done. I know there's talk sometimes where other people say, "Oh, should it move?" or, or other teams share it. No, nah, just let them have it. It is such a great tradition, and then the way the Melbourne crowd um, pays its respect on that day mm-hmm. is fantastic. And the, look, the, the bombers, the, all the, I mean, it's probably the new breed of baby bombers that are coming through. So there's, you know, I mean, a bit of green shoots for the bombers fans out there. Now, um, the AFL keeps producing these wonderfully close games. Um, the Hawks versus Adelaide. Adelaide kicked 15 goals with no behinds in a row. Um, young Riley um, Philthorpe on debut, kicking five goals. And then Jacob Kaczynski, also the young fella, comes back with five goals. And the Hawks winning 102-99. to 99. What, a, what a game of AFL. You know, the best thing what it is, Shane, I'm not saying this from a biased uh, forward myself, but how good is it to see power forwards back in the game? And, Love it. And Riley Thilthorpe, he was, uh, for those that don't know, he was the number one draft pick last year. And, uh, gee, didn't he show show exactly why he's the number one draft pick? And it, it just goes to show anyone as well that when you make right choices at the draft table, like even Adelaide did, look what, look what happens and, and, mm. and how quickly. And you know what? For a, a suffering North Melbourne fan at the moment, 
it goes to show how quickly you can actually turn around. Because this time last year, remember, I think Adelaide had lost 12 or 13 games in a row. You know what I mean? So it can actually turn pretty quickly. I think initially we weren't fans of the new, uh, some of the new rules, but I tell you what, full credit. I'll take my hat off to the AFL. The, the the rule about the 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 man on the mark not being able to move has changed the game and all for the better because that game is such a great game. I flicked over on the back of watching the UFC yesterday and then I flicked mm. over and then saw that game and it was a fantastic game to watch. At Collingwood's in some Barney Rubble. You, t- you talk about North Melbourne, but uh, Nathan Buckley under pressure, they're just wallowing down the bottom of the table with your old side. Look, the, the hard part for Collingwood is I, I'd probably be, if I'm going to be struggling, I'd probably rather be in the North Melbourne camp because the unfortunate thing for Collingwood is they've got, you know, I mean, they're paying the likes of Adam Trelaw that's at another club. They're paying Jaden Stevenson who's at another club. Um, they've got players on big contracts that are there that are, you know, I mean, either not performing and when you're not going well, it's a, it's going to be interesting times. I think we even said that at the start of the year. This was always coming, and I know Collingwood's draw over the next few weeks. And we did. I know I did cast my eye forward, but remember this week, Carlton and Collingwood, the loser of that. Oh, won't the furnace be up on that one? Now the Bulldogs, mate. Once again, 104 to 65 GWS, and uh, Jason McCartney is under under investigation for a, a tirade of abuse at halftime. Um, GWS. Looked like really good against the Swans last year, but it shows how good the Bulldogs really are. They they dominated. Yeah, they really did. And the, and the one thing I'm looking forward to, Shane, I'm keeping an eye on the fixture at the moment because I know that Melbourne and the Bulldogs, they actually end up playing each other in a few weeks' time. So let's hope they can both stay undefeated and we'll get an absolutely mouth-watering crash, clash. I think it's in about two or three weeks' time. So if they can keep manage keep winning, I think it'll end up being a Friday night game, which would be amazing for two clubs that traditionally don't get the marquee time slots. Now, mate, just finally, I know you're a lover of all sports. Uh, what about the UFC? What did you make of it yesterday? You know what? Even on the on the back of the Anzac Day conversation, like I do love my USC, but I tell you what, even made it even better yesterday it was the first time that fans were allowed back into Jacksonville yesterday, and just the the crowd reactions and and the same as Anzac Day. I don't think uh, top line sports players will ever ever take for granted not having crowds and and that fan interaction because it actually made it. And look, there was some cracking fights yesterday, but I think. Not only Anzac Day footy and the UFC, it was just fantastic to have fans back in the, in the gate. Hey, just quickly, Corey, uh, Ben Cousins uh, looked like he's going to make a comeback. I know it's probably not to the AFL, but lower, um, sort of lower grades in Perth. That, that's got to be a good thing for him. He's obviously had a lot of troubles over the years. Yeah, look, I, I think sometimes what happens with uh, athletes in general when they finish finish sport I think the biggest disruption is not having that routine and if mm. if we can get if we can get Ben Cousins back on track with that you know, I mean that discipline that he had when he was playing football a lot more structure mm. um, you just want to see him get it right because he's in the extreme case about his troubles and his demons that he's gone through but if sport can provide that structure and routine and it helps Ben get right I think you know, I mean that's that'd be a fantastic thing it would be well, you know better than anyone how good a player he was. He was just extraordinary. Let's hope that, uh, yeah, things can level out for him. Corey, great chat. Thanks, boys. 
What a weekend in tennis. Ash Barty winning in Stuttgart. Jaslyn Hewitt is here to break it all down. There's so much news, of course. We're not far away from the French Open. PlaySport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to PlaySport.com. PlaySport, whatever moves you. Ash Barty, what an absolute genius. Jaslyn Hewitt here to talk tennis. It was a big win, and after losing that first set to, to win the title in Stuttgart, just brilliant. Yeah, it was an amazing week for Ash last week, um, finishing yesterday uh, over in Stuttgart. So she won, took out the singles and doubles titles back to back. It was She didn't have it all her own way. As you mentioned, she went down in the first set to Arena Sabalenka. Um, Arena did hurt her leg and had an injury timeout at the start of the second set. Um, but yeah, Ash was able to turn around that second set. She was down 3-1 and then managed to win that um, quite comfortably and, and took out the final in the third set. So her, her best of three set record is still improving after losing the first set. But I think the, the top moment for her was uh, taking out the doubles as well. Mm-hmm. It's always um, such a great achievement being out there on a doubles court with a teammate. So uh, Jennifer Brady, the American, and Ash took out the doubles title there as well. Where do you think Ash gets her mental toughness from? She's she's one strong-willed girl. Yeah, she is, and I think I just uh, – for me, it comes down to her style of play. She just never says die and keeps going after it. So sometimes her backhand, her two-handed backhand, she will resort to just slicing and not actually go after that double-hander. This week we saw her go after a few of them. But I think it's that creative choice that she always knows that she's got options against these other girls, that a lot of these other girls don't have the skills that she does. So just having that in the back of your mindset that you, you do have the ability and you are crafty enough um, gives you more options out there. Novak Djokovic is struggling, isn't he? Yeah, so he had a, another tough uh, tournament in Belgrade. So he went down um, to Oslan Karatsev there in a tight three-setter. Um, it's put his uh, lead-up tournaments into the French Open in doubt now. He's reassessing his game. I think he's seeing all these young juniors coming up, well, not necessarily juniors, but these guys in their early 20s, and now they're challenging him. So similar to what Roger Federer had to do when um, Nadal and Murray and Djokovic came on the scene, reassess his own game and then look to improve and keep getting better. Uh, the game is continually evolving, as you see from even when uh, Sam Press Agassi and Leighton were playing the game and then now such a, a powerful and physical game that it is. So these top players have to keep evolving with the sport and, and the next generation that are coming through. I think he'll improve once uh, you know, his brother's not running the tournament and his mum's not baking the cakes. Some good news. Serena Williams is making a comeback uh, for, before the French Open. She's off to the is – the, is it Rome and the Italian Open? Yeah, so she'll she'll head to the Italian Open uh, a week or two prior to the French Open, get some match practice there. Madrid starts this week, and we all know the issues that she's had with the tournament director there. So Madrid will host the men's and women's uh, tournament combined there this week. Um, but no, Serena will head into the Italian Open, which is a fantastic event in Rome. It's uh, truly spectacular, that 
that uh, that centre and those facilities. It's where the old um, Olympics were. So um, all these statues, it's it's really a, an amazing venue. But that will be her lead up into the French Open. And uh, Ben Aupere, he's finally uh, trod on too many toes, hasn't he? And, and French tennis have, have slapped him down. Yeah, interesting to, to see how this has all played out with the French Tennis Federation. Um, so you've got the technical director, which was a former tennis player, Nicolas Escudet, and the Davis Cup captain, Sebastian Grosjean, actually putting their foot down um, with the with the CEO of FFFT saying that the tennis players need to respect the game and, and hold up those values. So I think it's uh, important for the rest of uh, the tennis world and especially the other French players that, yes, it is difficult times, but we're still expecting you to hold those values true to the sport, which I think is fantastic to see. Jazz, um, my son Tom, who's six, loves Ninja Warrior, but will he love it if, if Nick Kouris is hosting the show? As the rumours going around, he may become a TV host. Yes, oh, I mean, he's got to look at doing a few other things if he's still back in Australia. So, mm. um, no, the rumours have it that uh, Nick may be ho- help or co-hosting the Ninja Warrior. I know my boys love it as well, and uh, <laughs> it's a fantastic show. So I'll be interested to see a few of the comments. It would even be more, uh, more interesting getting Nick up on the uh, field and on the circuit, so that would have been that would have been quite entertaining if he was to actually have a run through it. Yeah, the last thing, last thing I need is uh, is Thomas running around the house kicking me and then hitting me with a tennis racket. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they, they might need to put extra padding around the microphone so they don't get broken. But uh, anyway, we'll watch that space with interest. Jazz, good to talk. Likewise, guys. See you, Jazz. Take care. Catch ya. Bye. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today, of course, to Corey McKernan and to Jaslyn Hewitt. Big thanks to our sponsors too, Shane. Yeah, great sponsors in Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And, of course, the wonderful Dan McHugh, our producer. Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon for your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.